Chapter Twenty One of Molly Brown's Senior Days by Nell Speed. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Farewells. The rest of the time until graduation was like a dream to Molly and her friends, whose hearts were filled with a sort of two-pronged homesickness homesickness for home and for wellington which now they were about to leave forevermore a great many things happened in the space that intervened between the first of may and the eighteenth of june when graduation occurred there were dances at exmoor and dances at wellington and the senior reception to the juniors then there were long quiet evenings when the old crowd gathered in number five and talked of the future it was on one of these warm summer nights that they were draped as usual about the couches in the mellow glimmer of one japanese lantern judy thrumming on the guitar saying when all the world is young lad and all the trees are green and every goose a swan lad and every lass a queen then hay for boot and horse lad and round the world away young blood must have its course lad and every dog his day when all the world is old lad and all the trees are brown and all the sport is stale lad and all the wheels run down creep home and take your place there the spent and maimed among god grant you find one face there you loved when all was young my that makes me sad said jessie i feel that i've already lived my life and am coming back to old wellington to die with a lot of other decrepit old persons who used to be young and beautiful thanks for the compliment about looks said edith but i don't feel that way i'm going forth to conquer i'm going to write books and books before i come home to die i'm going to write books too announced molly meekly but i feel that i'm not ready to begin yet you can't begin too young interrupted edith i know but i'm coming back for a post-grad course in molly hesitated she hardly knew why in english and and a few other things i've got no style what are you really coming back they cried nance and i have decided to return replied molly we are not ready to join the ranks yet are we nance dear nance is going to polish up her french literature i'll be busy enough i expect to do a lot of tutoring and other profitable work what shall i do groaned judy i don't want to study any more and yet how can i bear for you two to be a wellington without me to bother you molly looked at her and smiled remember you are to come home with me this summer judy and maybe you'll like kentucky so well you'll want to stay there molly was well aware that her brother kent had fallen in love with judy at first sight and it didn't occur to her that anybody could resist the charms of her favorite brother margaret why don't you come back 
asked Nance. Not me, answered Margaret. I hear the voice of suffrage calling. We all of us hear voices calling, broke in Catherine, and each is a different voice according to our natures. Now Margaret's voice is soprano, but Jessie hears a deep baritone. Nothing of the sort, cried Jessie. Fess up now, Jessie. When is it to be? The girls all gathered around pretty Jessie, and at last, hard-pressed, she said, When it does come off, you'll have to assemble from the four quarters of the globe to act as bridesmaids. But the day is not set yet. Have you decided on the man? asked Edith. Edith, how can you? answered Jessie, laughing. What are you going to do, Catherine? asked Molly, when the excitement had quieted down. Teach, answered Catherine bluntly. I loathe the thing, but a place awaits me, so I suppose next winter will find me sitting behind a little table, ringing a bell sharply and saying, Now, girls, pay attention, please. She turned her large, melancholy eyes on her sister. Edith thinks she's the only writer in the family, but in the intervals of teaching, I intend to surprise her. I've already had one short story accepted by an obscured but bona fide magazine, which hasn't sent me a check yet. Have you heard the joke on Catherine? put in Edith. Do tell, they cried, while Catherine said fiercely, Now, Edith, you promised to keep that a secret. Is too good to keep. She chose for the subject of her graduating essay, The Juvenile Delinquent and got it all written, and then it occurred to her that Miss Walker would announce the juvenile delinquent Catherine Williams, and she could not stand the implication. Poor Catherine, they cried and laughed joyously. And now Molly was handing out nutcake and cloudbursts. It seemed almost for the last time, and after that these bright spirits in kimonos flitted away to their rooms a little later after darkness and quiet had descended an ecstatic little giggle broke from judy lying alone and staring at the dim outline of her window it was too soft a sound to disturb the tired sleepers in the adjoining rooms but it meant that judy had an idea an idea that she could see already realized by the aid of her remarkable imagination her mind had been reviewing the talk of the evening and revolving about each of the girls in turn edith and catherine and molly literary and ambitious nance serious and studious jessie pretty romantic and destined for marriage and margaret the able and willing champion of suffrage and Judy had smiled as she began to recall certain hours when Margaret's enthusiasm had waxed high, even so far back as freshman year, and her first-class presidency. That thought had started others, and, as Judy remembered, various amusing incidents of the four years. Her idea had flashed upon her. 
it was then that judy had hugged herself and laughed aloud but it was several nights later that she shared with the other girls her inspiration they had gathered in otoyo's little room that night just the eight close friends who now grasped every opportunity for one more good time together they were a little inclined to sadness for they had all been busy with those extra duties that point directly to the closing days of college life some had posed before the class photographer's camera some had borne the weariness of having gowns fitted and at least two had practiced their parts for the commencement exercises margaret and jessie were humming the chorus of one of the senior class songs and otoyu was just beginning to make the tea when judy slipped out of the room with a word of excuse and a promise to return molly turned lazily to nance who sat close behind her on the couch and whispered judy is as nervous as a witch these days she has probably thought of something to add to her list oh that list returned nance she has everything on it now from white gloves to a trunk strap and still it grows senior senior seniors chanted margaret and jessie dreamily watching otoyu as she deftly arranged her dainty cups and saucers on a beautiful lacquered trays edith and katherine were quite disputing some point about the class program and absently mindly accepting lemon for their tea when the door opened and a woman draped closely in black stepped into the room aha young ladies she cried in a high weird voice that startled them into instant silence so you would pierce the mysterious veil of the future and read in your teacups the fortune that awaits you could you but possess my occult vision you would not need to employ such puerile methods here the somber figure raised two black gloved arms and held before her eyes a pair of black opera glasses she had reversed their usual position and now gazed steadily about the room through the large end of the glasses aha she began again fixing her roving attention upon margaret who returned her gaze easily i see far far away through a vista of crowded seats a platform adorned with distinguished figures a pretty woman stunningly gowned is introducing to a breathlessly expectant audience a tall striking person the plaudits of the multitude drown the sound of her name as it is announced but our keen sight enables us to recognize the famous miss wakefield to those who have long known her it will not be surprising to learn that her companion is none other than her college satellite now miss jessie but i cannot quite pronounce the unfamiliar name as the voice stopped for a moment jessie started toward the strange figure but margaret pulled her back and drew her blushing face down upon her own shoulder 
at the same time molly cried where have i seen those shabby old glasses before and nance added my old bird glasses or i'm blind nothing daunted the prophetess went on in the same weird key i see the great towers of wellington looming grandly against a wild autumnal sky i see troops of girls crowding across the campus and into recitation rooms i see a single figure walking beside the white-haired president as though discussing the schedule of lectures and the merits of students and the figure is that of miss oldham dear old nance and the voice of the soothsayer broke suddenly as she turned the glasses on nance and molly then she hurried on by forcing my keen vision to its utmost capacity i am able to read upon certain profound textbooks the names of their joint compilers edith and catherine williams the world-famed writers and again the voice paused as the glasses were leveled at the friendly disputants long since quieted by the eloquence of the seer all this time otoyo had stood spellbound beside her teapot now she started slightly as the glasses glimmered in her direction oh no 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 she cried in real distress don't tell me please miss keen at that judy flung the draperies back from her hair the glasses to nance and her arms about otoyo exclaiming at the same moment you precious child i don't know any more than your little buddha does about your future but the gods will be good to you and will leave it to them end of chapter 21 recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver bc